0: Hello, listener, and welcome to Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. Lady Aching is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she'll be talking about the ordinary versus the extraordinary marriage. Pastor Keguno Ndiga will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, he'll be talking about the spiritual direction. Stay tuned for this and some songs which are in store for you. Here's a song, Something Good is Going to Happen. By Advent, homecoming, and symbol.
1: ¡Gracias!
2: faith and touch him and believe him when I say.
0: This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Lydia Cheng with the Family Life segment. Be blessed.
3: Hello dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today's topic is the ordinary versus the extraordinary marriage. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this day and thank you for this marriage message. We pray that it may be of help in our marriages, that we may love like you want us to love. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what does it take to take our marriage from ordinary to extraordinary? Our friends Tom and Debbie Walter of the Romantic Vineyard give this insight. What makes an extraordinary marriage is one where each spouse gives of themselves a hundred percent with a willingness to lay their lives down for the other. Difficult? Oh yes, especially during arguments where you know you're right. Possible? Only by the grace of God at work in both hearts. For most couples, dare I say all couples, this doesn't come naturally. It certainly hasn't for me. And Cindy says that it hasn't come naturally for her either. But it's something we reach for. And by doing so, we stand amazed at how wonderful marriage can be. By God's grace, we keep striving to make our marriage extraordinary rather than just settling for ordinary. It's something Cindy and I strive to do in marriage partnership together as we look to God to point us in the right direction. And by doing so, we stand amazed at how wonderful marriage can be. If you aren't there, we pray that for you. The following is a list that defines an extraordinary marriage. This list comes from Dustin Reichman from the Engaged Marriage blog post. This is the extraordinary marriage. It's sacramental, Christ-centered, and fully embracing of the Holy Trinity. It is a Holy Trinity. It serves as a vivid example of God's love for His people. The Extraordinary Marriage takes two people and joins them together with the capacity to do more good than the sum of the individuals. It lets two ordinary people combine their love of one another so powerfully that an entirely new person can be created by God through them. Additionally, it's based on a spirit of trust, open communication, and deep mutual respect. It includes a lot of problems, difficulties, tough times and hard feelings, but forgiveness and commitment overcome all obstacles. It doesn't settle for the mediocrity and weakness that our culture says a normal marriage should be. An extraordinary marriage doesn't quit. If you're like me, you will agree that all of the above are what we want to emulate in marriage. But there always seems to be the, but I'm not sure I can do this. I learned over the years that in and of my own strength, I couldn't do these things. Then I learned that it's okay that I can't do this because when I surrendered my inabilities to God, he was able to build in me and show me how to do what I needed to in order to be the hero to Cindy. It's applying the I can do all things through Christ principle. It's like what Pastor Chip Ingram says in his post titled, God's looking for ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He writes, the issue isn't that God's power isn't available to us or we aren't smart enough or good enough. The issue is summed up in this verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. God is looking to birth and fulfill great dreams in ordinary people who are completely committed to him. He's looking for people who believe in him and believe that he is willing. Pursuing God's great dreams for our lives begins when we have the courage and the faith to say to God, I want to dream a great dream because you're the kind of God who wants that for me. If you long to be great in God's eyes and make a spiritual impact in his kingdom, my hope is that you would believe that God wants to use you. And then we must look to God and apply what he leads us to do. We won't try to kid you. You won't be able to build an extraordinary marriage overnight. Cindy and I have been married for nearly 46 years and we learn something new every day. We haven't arrived in all we can do, but our marriage is already extraordinary and as we keep applying what God teaches us, it just keeps getting better. We pray that for you as well. As we look to God, he shows us how we can improve and never settle for something that is of no special quality or interest, commonplace and exceptional, plain or undistinguished. Instead. God shows us how to build a marriage that will go beyond what is usual, regular, or customary, noteworthy, remarkable. But let me be clear. This isn't so we would be glorified, but that God would always get the credit. He alone deserves the honor and the glory for what others see in our marriage relationship. Without Him, our human depravity blocks their vision of what is good. Our prayer for you is that you would make that choice today and depend on God because you know that He wants that for you and your marriage as well. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 11 and 12 To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you.
0: For those who just tuned, this is Adventist Radio, the voice of hope. My name is Samuel Mangi and a producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr.nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Now let us listen to Advent from coming and Samuel with the song, "The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power." It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Pastor Kigundu Welcome, Pastor.
4: Dear listener, today I want us to look at the issue of spiritual direction. I'll begin by quoting the words of Jesus in John 4 verse 34. He said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, one of the marks of Jesus' life was his obedience to God his Father. It is also to be a mark of our lives as followers of Christ. As Christians, one of our most important tasks is to determine the will of God and to fulfill it. But now, how do we determine God's will for us? We will examine three aspects of God's will and how each can be known. We'll begin with looking at the concept of God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will is the exercise of His supremacy as creator over His creation. God is in control over everything, whether we believe it or not. Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, I, that is God, make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come? I say, my purpose will stand and I'll do all that I please. Uh, Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Sovereign will of God is the easiest to know and fulfill, for it encompasses all that comes to pass. When we were born, where, how we were raised and who we married. To discover God's sovereign will, you need only to look into the past at what has taken place, be it a minute or a millennium ago. All that has taken place has been according to God's sovereign will. As they say, hindsight is 20-20, and so it is with God's sovereign will. It can be known 100% as far as the past is concerned. However, comprehending what God's sovereign will is for the future is a ministry only known to God. Who you are, when and where you are born, and the race you belong to are things that you have no control over and which God in his sovereignty has ordained for your life. The other thing I want us to look at is God's moral will. God's moral will is his moral instruction revealed in his law and scripture. And like God's sovereign will, God's moral will is easier to know than it is to fulfill. Christians who regularly study Bible are sometimes faced with a predicament of knowing more scripture than they apply. Examine the following scriptures that describes God's moral will. Psalm 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Joshua 1 verse 8, Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. John 17 verse 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth so application of this is discovering god's moral will is simply a matter of reading and studying god's word for in it is recorded god's will concerning right versus wrong and good versus evil as you apply god's word to your life you'll conform more and more to his perfect will in other words you'll become more and more christ-like the holy spirit uses god's moral will to help us to become more christ-like each time we are convicted of sin confess and turn from it, our lives conform closer to the life of Christ. Then I want us to now look at God's individual will. A question many Christians wonder about is the extent of God's will for our lives. For example, does God's will extend to whom we marry or what occupation we should pursue? How about what kind of a car we should drive or where we should live, or even the brand of soap we should purchase? Many Christians agonize over these decisions, afraid that they might be missing on God's best for their lives. But you know, when we look at the book of Acts, it has many examples of how we can discover God's will. The lessons learned from the early Christians is that they sought to live their lives in obedience to God's words. Acts 1 verse 8 are not organizing of an ideal individual will of God for their lives, while at the same time being open to, and usually surprised by supernatural interventions of God, through visions dreams prophecies angelic messengers and the holy spirit in their lives the extent of god's will scripture does not clearly teach that god has an ideal or detailed plan for our lives that dictate only one choice for every decision we make instead god gives us the freedom to choose as long as our choices fall within his will revealed in his word so how do we know god's will in our lives The first one is through God's word. The clearest communication of God's will is found in his word. There, we can be 100 certain that God is speaking to us. In God's word, we find clear commands to obey, promises to claim, and spiritual truths to believe. In areas where scriptures do not speak clearly, we are given scriptural principles that guide us to make wise decisions. Some of these are found in the following verses. Everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I'll not be mastered by anything. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble. These are found in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23, 31 to 32. The other way of knowing God's will is God through spirit. Always be filled, empowered, and directed by the Holy Spirit. He'll give us his desires, thoughts, and power to do his will. As we are filled with the Holy Spirit, God is able to direct us as he moves us in the direction he wants us to go through his spirit's work in our hearts, mind, and will. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For God is at work within you, helping you want to obey him then helping you do what he wants the other thing we need to understand is about god's sovereign will trust god who is able in his sovereign to keep you in his will as you follow god by keeping his word and being filled by his spirit you'll see god's hand at work in your life directing and leading in various ways well you'll see god's hand in your circumstances abilities opportunities, advice of others, and coincidence. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Well, we need to look also at God's supernatural work. Be open to the possibility that God may direct you in supernatural ways. However, be alert because Satan may come as an angel of light to lead you astray by appealing to the lust of the flesh, eyes, and ego. It is worth noting that all of the supernatural interventions in acts, such as visions, angelic uh, appearances, dreams, and divine interventions, be careful when seeking an experience or sign as a basis for decision-making because certain the master counterfeiter will be more than happy to oblige. So as we wrap up, I want you to make these affirmations in your life. One, God has a purpose or a plan for my life. Second, God leads me by his word, his spirit, his sovereign work, and even his supernatural work. Thirdly, I will follow God no matter what. After you have made those affirmations, please offer the following prayer with me. Lord, I thank you for revealing your will to me and putting your spirit in my heart. Grant me wisdom to know your will in your word of truth and lead me by your spirit and sovereign work in my life. Amen and amen.
0: That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box forty two seven six 76 100 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Join me we'll next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our good Lord keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mwangi.
2: the moment that you would be free. This very same Jesus is right here today. Release your faith.